strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Raid. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm ready. I'm 100% ready. I'm telling you I'm ready. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! All right, maybe I'm missing it, Ron Wolfley, but I'm wondering, when exactly does the offseason start again? What What is this offseason of which... You speak. I really don't know, Paulie, but I'll guarantee you, you missed it. Uh, I'm not sure it started, is my point, Wolf, because every month this year, we have had Cardinals news, have we not? Yes. I mean, we've had breaking news, we've had headline news, we're two days into June, there's definitely news to talk about, and unfortunately, right off the top here, the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert, we are Santan Ford. We do have tragic news to discuss before we get to all the football, and there's plenty of it. But, Wolf, when you saw over the holiday weekend that we got news Mm. of the passing, the tragic death of Jeff Gladney and his female passenger in a car crash in Texas, when you went to azcardinals.com and you saw his silhouette with his lifespan listed beneath it, 1996 to 2022, and such a young life lost. And it just it reinforces that, you know what? We have the privilege and the pleasure of talking about the sports world, which is far yeah. from the real world, but sometimes the reality and gravity of it all is is unavoidable, like yes. in this case with the death of Jeff Gladney. Yes, Polly, it really is. It's a situation uh, just heartbreaking. There's no other way to characterize this. Jeff Gladney, 25 years old, heartbreaking, of course. And the first thing I thought of, I, I have to admit this, Polly, uh, I thought of the Minnesota Vikings. I, I, I thought of guys that actually went out and played on the the field with him guys that actually had more exposure to Jeff Gladney now there are there are some guys I'm sure inside the Arizona Cardinals locker room that knew him personally knew what he was about knew what he was was doing knew his likes and his dislikes everything like that but um I thought of his teammates up in Minnesota guys that actually went to battle out on the field with Jeff Gladney and knew him a lot better because it's like anything else Paulie we know acquaintances that have passed, those that have worked with us, of course, and it's sad. There's no doubt about that. Um, yet at the same time, this this type of thing, Paul, can bring a team together inside that locker room. And it was something the team discussed. Initially, Cliff Kingsbury addressing the entire team, and then the team broke into offense and defense, and then there were further discussions with position coaches. Defensive coordinator Vance Joseph yesterday on his message to the team after the death of Jeff Gladney at age 25. The players right now are still in in a processing mode of you know not knowing what to feel really. You know, it's a again in our DB group is really uh, saddened by this 
You know, and I told the guys this morning, I said, you know, life is precious, not only to you, but to the people who invest in your life, your parents, your teammates, your, your uh, cousins and your friends, right? That's so important in life. You know, it's not about you all the time. It's about people who invest in you. And sometimes young folks think it's about me. It's my life. I can do whatever I want. You can't because when those things happen, it affects all of us, right? The folks who invest in you, man, that you owe them, you know, and we make choices and, and those are free, but the consequences are not. And that's, that, that's playing for our guys right now. Really well said. Uh, Vance Joseph, we were sitting there in that room. You could feel the emotion. It was a very poignant message that he shared that that he told his younger guys in that room. And as you know, Wolf, the Cardinals issued a team statement. The Red were devastated to learn of Jeff Gladney's passing. Our hearts go out to his family, friends, and all who are mourning this tremendous loss. And there's no real good way to segue into football, obviously. But on that same day, the Cardinals had OTAs. And why were all the cameras? Why were there so many cameras? And why were they all pointed in a singular direction towards number one, Kyler Murray, who was in attendance? Your takeaway, and and what is the magnitude of the moment of Kyler Murray actually being there in person? Because there were plenty who doubted we would see him this offseason. Yeah, Paulie, I you know I really don't know what to make of that. I was just glad to see Kyler Murray out there. Um, listen, uh, especially coming off the Jeff Gladney tragedy. Especially coming off that, Paulie, I don't know if that had absolutely anything to do with Kyla Murray and some of the other veterans actually showing up. I have no idea on that, but I will tell you the timing was fortuitous, was it not? For yes. everybody, the grieving process, Paulie, I think it's important. Um, listen, uh, it, it's interesting because the Amish have a, a saying of wisdom, Paul, that says the most important things in your home are people and there's no doubt about it when you walk inside that building when you walk into a locker room man that paradigm in there your brother is the guy lined up next to you it is a close close fraternity as you know very very well and because of that I was so glad to see that Kyler was there and again whether he planned to be there or not I don't know But I do know that that leadership wheel was a little ajar with the news of Jeff Gladney. And now all of a sudden, that gives the leaders inside that locker room the opportunity to grab it and stabilize. An unquestioned team leader is Kelvin Beecham. Would you say Kelvin Beecham is a wise man, Ron Wolfley? Oh, my goodness. He is just one of the guys I would have loved to have played with. So. So when he asked him, he met the media yesterday, and he asked just about the presence and the arrival of Kyler Murray. Did he mention anything about on-field, you know, okay, it's an OTA, and you're throwing against air for the most part and all that? No, he, he went a little deeper and listened to the story that Kelvin Beecham, starting right tackle, shared about his quarterback. I just walked by the, the team room, and he's uh, leading 707 film work. So he's putting in the work. Um, you know, it's been a, a maturation process, like I've said, this entire offseason, and he's continuing to get better, and he's continuing to mature. And I think when you look at somebody who you want to see progress uh, week in and week out, year in and year out, that maturation process is really starting to take place. And you know what? That's the best news I think you could possibly get. In addition to him showing up, and maybe hopefully that makes people bullish on a deal getting done, and hopefully in time for training camp, maybe even in time for the mandatory minicamp later this month. But to me, Wolf, my opinion on Kyler and the next step, thanks for asking, would be exactly what Kelvin Beecham just cited. The ability 
to show that leadership. Because when he is a franchise quarterback, and he is, and he's certainly going to be paid like one real soon, we expect, then you know what? That is part of the job description. You are a big part of the culture. You are a big part of the DNA of this team. And guess what? The offense revolves around you. Cliff Kingsbury formulates this offense based on what your skill set is. So I think it's imperative that he is in there leading some of these sessions. Sure. And hopefully holding guys accountable as well, as A.J. Green told us on a recent edition of the Big Red Rage. The players welcome that. And you know what? When you're the franchise quarterback, they're looking to you for that. Yeah, Bully, the entire pass-apart, too, the key that unlocks all locks to this entire conversation can be found in what Calvin Beecham is saying. He's not a finished product. What he basically is saying, I'll give you translation, Kyler Murray's not a finished product, and he needs to work at his job. I mean, that basically is what he is saying right now. And he's also saying, he's reporting, I should say, that he is doing just that. The maturation process and working at his job means he is running a seven-on-seven tape session. He is running it. Paul, I'm telling you right now, you have no idea how important that is when you get your quarterback, your your quarterback grabs the clicker, and he starts running the meeting. (laughs) Every eye... Is, is wide open, every spine is straight, and you sit up and you know this guy is, is not a coach. And that puts you on alert immediately. Believe it or not, it seems counterintuitive, Paulie, but it makes even more people sit up in their chairs when a quarterback grabs a clicker and he starts talking about what's what. That's a yeah. great sign of leadership. And, Wolf, you know this. The best situations in an NFL team are where the quarterback is the culture. I mean, how did the Bengals advance to the Super Bowl out of nowhere last year? To me, it's two words. Joe Burrow. Yeah. He he was the Bengals' culture. So when the Cardinals made the run to the Super Bowl, and I've talked about this on Cardinals Underground, the podcast, it was Kurt Warner telling everyone, we're not settling for a division title. No, the season starts now with the postseason. It was Carson Palmer running those Friday practices all by himself, basically. B.A. would just outsource it to his quarterback, and it would be Carson Palmer barking out directions and holding guys accountable. So you're right. This is the next step for a 24-year-old franchise quarterback in Kyler Murray. And now he has Hollywood Brown in the fold. And uh, as, as our Jim Omohundro said, because I don't want to actually take credit for this groan, he said, is Oklahoma, Hollywood Brown is in the fold. And we saw him out there as well, wearing number two. Yes. And then there's number four, Rondell Moore. And he was asked about interacting with the Cardinals' new receiver, Marquise Brown. Yeah, his locker's actually right next to mine. But uh, great dude, um, solid guy. Works hard. He's came in. He's um, asked questions. So just to have that humility as a guy who's been in the league for this is going on his fourth year, right? So um, just to have that humility and you know set his pride aside and come in and want to learn and want to work is exciting to see. So he's been nothing but great. Yeah, That's that cool. is. You know, Paulie, I, I have to go back to what you were saying about Joe Burrow and Kurt Warner. Those guys had huge personalities, huge personalities. They the swag that they had, of course. Yes, yep. that you that one person can be your culture. But Paulie, I think the Arizona Cardinals are in a different situation. I uh, listen. Kyler Murray doesn't have to have that kind of massive personality. He doesn't have to have that kind of swag. What he has to have is accountability above all else. He has to be accountable 
to his peers inside that locker room, Paul. If he's just accountable. It doesn't have to be the guy that's cracking jokes. It doesn't have to be the guy that's smoking a cigar. It doesn't have to be the guy that's got all this confidence oozing and swag. He doesn't have to do any of that. What he has to do is hold himself to an accountability level that nobody, he won't hold anyone else in that locker room to. Does that make sense, Paul? And mm-hmm. then he has to be willing to walk up and hold others accountable. But he's got to hold himself to a standard he won't hold anyone else to. And if Kyler does, if Kyler Murray does just that, Paul, he's going to be an awesome leader going forward. Hey, who's to say the Cardinals didn't need to see a little bit more of that this week before sure. they write that check, sure. before they make that sort of investment, right? Absolutely, Paulie. As Mike Garofolo reported, NFL Network, you know, uh, look, the contract extension, they're not sure if it's imminent or not, but it was a show of good faith from Kyler and his side that discussions on a new deal will pick up. So we'll see. We'll see if there's cause and effect here. Uh, you can hear episode 30 of the Dave Pash podcast featuring, wait for it, J.J. Watt. Oh, big get by the Pash podcast. You can get that wherever you Find your uh, podcasts and get the latest updates via Twitter at PashPod. All right. It's the Big Red Rage, and the big guest tonight is Wolf. I would say one of the big keys to the season. Kyler's number one to me. Zavin Collins is number two. Number three, dare I say Devon Kennard. Because mm. in the NFL, it's all about the quarterback and getting to the quarterback. Can the Cardinals do that? We'll ask Devon Kennard next. The Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Jet sweep to Agnew near side, and he gets clocked at the 25. What a vicious tackle by Devon Kennard. Snap to Rodgers. He keeps, rolls right, throws the ball. Batted in the air and incomplete. Incomplete. It was Kennard who had a hand on it. Slammed to the ground at the 20-yard line for a sack. Devon Kennard hands it off straight ahead to Mostert. He is short. It was Devon Kennard who had the hit. Lawrence takes. Give the Robinson running right. Met by Kennard who got off a block and stuffed the play. Hands it off. Nowhere to run between the tackles. Devon Kennard making a play on Alfred Morris in the backfield. Mayfield hit, but he steps up again. And he fumbles the ball. It's loose on the far side. Devon Kennard hops on it. He's got it for the Cardinals. All right, how about a highlight reel of Devon Kennard, which is a reminder over here that I don't want this personally to be a low light, okay? All right, Pauly Pigskin, I feel like, Devon, that I'm almost interviewing right now for a future position with DK Incorporated. Because <laughs> we all know you have big plans after football, after your career, whenever it ends. And by the way, you're entering, what, your ninth season right ninth now? Ninth season. Ninth season. Absolutely. You look really good. What are you weighing at right now? I'm about 255. Is same, that normal? Yeah, about the same weight I've always been, but I've leaned out a lot, gained some muscle, lost some yeah. fat, so feeling really good going into this year. I thought I was winning the offseason until I got a look at you right here <laughs> on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Where do you want to start? I mean, we could start by talking football. We could talk, I mean, community. We can talk business, right? You have so many various interests. 
We could talk. No, you know what? We're not talking USC. Okay, we're not talking Lincoln Riley. We, because we definitely got to talk football no, first. We got to keep the no, main thing, the main thing. No. USC football. Oh, we taking over. Oh, you know what it is. Oh my goodness! I, you know, <laughs> I think I speak for everyone in the AZ. We were much happier when USC was going 500 every year and going to like the Idaho Potato Spud Bowl. Okay, now you guys are having these ridiculous recruiting efforts, right? With Lincoln Riley, we got we got to put the Pac-12 back on the map. Things have kind of fallen off in the Pac-12. Uh, college football is better when USC is, oh, is, on, is no. on the Mount Rushmore. No, so I think we're no. headed back. All right, let's go back to another topic then. That's enough of USC. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're off the field this week with the OTAs. Give me some impressions. You know, what's it like for you? What is your goal? Here you are almost a decade in the league. So what are you trying to achieve in these voluntary sessions? I'm, try- I'm still trying to get better. I feel like some of my best ball is still ahead of me. I feel good. I feel young. Um, even though in football years I'm old, going on 31 and my ninth year in the league, but I, I feel really good and I'm, I love my craft. So I'm trying to get better, work on my pass rush, um, work on, you know, my hands and just really improve while, while you're here. You get the opportunity to kind of go against the offense, but it doesn't matter like it does during the season. So you can, you know, try new things. That's, that's what's important for me is, you know, when you're younger, you're making all the efforts. You're trying to prove your point. I, I feel like everybody on the team knows what I bring to the table and now I'm trying to uh, add tools to my toolbox this time of year you know what the Arizona Cardinals did not add a veteran pass rusher in the offseason they lost Chandler Jones but you can look at the O-line room you can look at running back uh, you can look at wide receiver you can look at tight end they've all bolstered those rooms but although there's the two draft picks so what does that say what does it say about you and your role and what this defense is going to look like especially in your view without Chandler Jones now I think it, it provides a lot of opportunity for everybody in our room. And, you know, uh, Marcus Golden obviously is going to step up in a major way. But we have me and Dennis Gardeck. We got three rookies that we just drafted and, and Victor Dimikije from last year. So, you know, I'm confident in our room. I think it's a good mix of young guys who are hungry and, and some veterans who really know what they're doing. And, and uh, we're going to get the job done. I feel like it's going to be, um, you know, a really explosive room, an exciting room. Um, and we're going to be a big part of why we win. Devon Kennard, our guest on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. So no Chandler Jones. What does that mean for this defense this year? I think it, it means that other guys have opportunities to step up, and I think it's going to be a great chance for guys like Isaiah Simmons to be, you know, to play a bigger role. Zayvon Collins, Marcus Golden, my, myself, you know, Dennis Gardeck just signed a bigger deal, and uh, you know, two years ago before his ACL showed what he can do pass rushing. So you know, um, I think it's going to be a mixture of of a lot of different things, and uh, you're going to be able to see what we what we're all capable of. And you know, Chandler Jones is hard to replace. That's a Hall of Fame uh, player. 100-plus uh, sacks, so I don't think anybody's stepping up and be like, oh, I'm the next Chandler Jones, but uh, you know, my, my focus is being the best Devon Kennard I can be and helping this team win. Does the scheme have to change? Does Vance Joseph have to do something different? Now, I don't know, maybe go back to like 2020 when Chandler went down in Game 5 with the injury, right? I mean, does Vance Joseph have to do the X's and O's a little differently this year, perhaps? I don't, I don't think so, but that's more of a question for him. But for me, I feel like you, you uh, provide other guys an opportunity to go out there and make plays. And it seems like that's what it'll look like, but we'll, uh, we'll kind of see how things go the rest of this OTAs and once uh, camp starts. 
And, of course, this defense doesn't have Jordan Hicks, right? And you mentioned Zayvon Collins. How has he looked so far? How ready do you think he is for that middle linebacker spot? Zayvon really impresses me. You know, he takes the game very serious and, um, you know, is a very smart kid. So I'm excited to see see what he can do. You know, he played a limited role role uh, last year, but I feel like it's going to be a much increased role this season. And, and uh, it seems like he's ready to step up to the plate and, and take ownership of that. You like to see in your inside backers, uh, they can demand the huddle and, and demand the room and really really understand what everybody's doing because uh, you're kind of orchestrating. You're the quarterback of the defense. And, and uh, you know, I think he's showing all of us that he has that in him, and that's really encouraging. So I'm excited for him. Devon Kennard, our guest on the Big Red Rage. Try and tell us, Football 101, just how detailed, right? How complex is the Cardinals' defense? How many checks does this defense make snap to snap just reacting to what an offense does there's probably a lot more than we realize correct oh absolutely you know but one thing we try to make it simple for us and complicated for the offense so for us you know we categorize things in a way uh, the way Vance calls calls our plays to where you can kind of lump certain defenses together to where you're not memorizing a thousand different defenses mm-hmm. they all kind of have you know like a, a bucket that they go in, like so to where it's quick recall, and I think that's really huge because it makes it easy for us. But now we're able to call pressures from the strong side, from the weak side, from the tight end side, from the um, from the running back side. Uh, there's a lot of different ways that we can we can bring pressure. A lot of different guys that we can utilize. Um, you know, we can run run guys like Isaiah Simmons in base defense and nickel defense at safety. We can do different things, and it looks. Like guys are all in different places, but for us, it it's not complicated. So I think I think that's the key in this defense, and and provides us an opportunity to be successful. And it's really important that we take the next step in on defense. I think we did a lot of things well, but we didn't uh, put together a full season how we planned to. Yeah, Buddha Baker said the other day to the media, said, "You know what? We got to seven and 10 and two, and maybe guys got comfortable." How would you diagnose what happened with those five losses in the last six games? What did happen? Uh, it's hard to pinpoint on one thing, but I'll just say, you know, you can never rest on your laurels in this league. I've been in the league a long time, and I've realized that, and you can you can never get comfortable. And I'm, I don't know that we got comfortable. Our, our work habits were the same, so I'm not, I'm not going to say that that was the case, but I think attention to detail later in the season really matters. So we got to start making points of that now and get be further along so the little details, you know, if we're supposed to be, if you're a coverage guy and you're supposed to be outside leverage, make sure you're, you're outside leverage. Other, you know, if you're going to get beat get beat away from your leverage not to your leverage if you're if you're an edge guy like myself and but and there's a defense and it demands us to slant to the b gap make sure you get all the way in the b gap don't get cut out just little de- little details you really got to be on and you got to be exact with as the year goes on because team starts a game plan and they have a lot of film on exactly what you've done and it's it's about execution late in the year you know mm-hmm. i've been been on a lot of teams and a lot of people say you know uh, the season really starts in november and December you know uh, September and October you're earning the right to go out and compete in November and December and for those games to matter so you know September and October is great but November you got every team has all this footage on on every player on what the scheme is doing and it's who can out execute so you know at the end of the day I just don't think we uh, we executed as well as we could have last year and that needs to be a point of uh, emphasis now all the way to the Super Bowl. Cardinals edge guy Devon Kennard, our guest on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Of course, we know the second half of this season 
Hello, Hard Knocks. They're building this as uh, bringing the heat on Hard Knocks as they're coming to the AZ. What do you make of that? Because I'll just tell you my personal opinion is that, yes, it's about marketing. Yes, it's about branding. Yes, it's about content. But if you listen to Cliff Kingsbury and you listen to Steve Kime talking about how it's never a bad thing to put a camera in someone's face and see if you get the best out of them, I think there's a football decision dynamic to this team fading each of the last two years, and now here comes Hard Knocks, the second half of this season. What do you make of the NFL Films cameras? I never thought of that, but that might be a spark. You know, for some guys, whatever your motivation is, allow allow it to be. You know, for me, it doesn't matter. Cameras, not cameras. Like, you know, I feel like we got to come to work, and it's about winning games. So the cameras and the branding and the marketing, all that's cool, but none of that matters if we're not winning games. So, you know, let's put ourselves in position to – um in uh, September and October. So when when those cameras start coming, those games matter. Like you know, I just mentioned that now now those games are going to matter even more if we're handling business in the first half of the year. Second half year uh, year comes around and and now the cameras show up and you know it's it's time to buckle down and in the second half of the season let's roll. All right. So how comfortable are you in front of the camera, especially after you did the NFL broadcast boot camp? What was that all about? Did you like that? <laughs> yeah, I got, I got no problems in, uh, being in front of in front of a camera. Uh, there's definitely definitely no issue for me but uh you know I'm, I'm really serious about my work so some guys you know for me when it's football time it's football time and I think that's what's allowed me to have the career I have and people are you know often ask like oh are you sidetracked man you know the amount of work I put into to football the amount of training I put in I don't think people kind of recognize that everything else I do is secondary I uh you know I'm very serious about keeping the main thing the main thing but, you know, some guys are video game guys. Some guys yeah. are, yeah. are uh, you know, do whatever else they do. And for me, it's it's business and, and broadcasting and, and that kind of stuff. So that's what I do in my free time. Do you have any stock tips, Devon? Anything you can tell us? <laughs> Investing. You got any hot tips in this market right now? Man, yeah. <laughs> buy and hold real estate. For me, for me, I'm a big real estate guy. So uh, all my friends who are in the stock market and they're getting crushed right now, yeah. I'm like, hey, Hello. I, I, I always talk about mailbox money and, and, and the checks are still clearing for me because I got tenants living in all my property so uh buy buy real estate tell wolf to stop investing in crypto okay no more bitcoin wolf my goodness over there so all right what about the community as well didn't you and uh dennis gardeck have an event recently i saw jj watt was there as well yeah it was it was at my um old high school which was a really big deal for me desert vista Uh, yeah yeah so old high school out here desert vista high school uh it's the second year i've had a camp dennis came out and helped me out and i tried to get as many uh teammates as i could they just got a new head coach uh coach gill so he invited us in we had over 175 kids which was one which i think is the biggest high school camp that that the cardinals have helped host uh you know that's what i was told so that's pretty cool hopefully we can keep uh keep getting Mm -hmm. bigger and bigger uh you know next year and moving forward all right speaking of kids last question the rookies cameron thomas my jay sanders give us some first impressions so far Man, I think the, uh, they both have an opportunity to be longstanding um, guys in this league and, and can really step up and make a difference. Um, Maje's very athletic, smart. He really understands the game. And Cam has a, a unique skill set. You know, the kid is uh, very big. He, he has opportunity to do a lot of different things. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see how things go when the pads get on. It's hard to say. Uh, the most I can say is in the is in the classroom, they're really starting to pick things up. And that's that's important because – for me, as a rookie, I was a fifth-round draft pick, and I ended up starting as a rookie. And uh, young guys often ask, like, you know, what's the secret? And for me, if you can limit mistakes, 
and don't make the same mistake twice, you're going to put yourself in, in good position because now you can kind of play free if you know what you're doing and you're doing the right things. Then you can let your athleticism take hold. So I think they're taking the right steps to really have the defense down so when the pads get on and things get really get to get to cracking, uh, you know, they'll be in mm-hmm. position to make plays. And to come full circle, speaking of starting, is it your job to lose opposite Marcus Golden? Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I, um, it's it's kind of up in the air right now. I, you know, I'm hoping I'm given the opportunity right now. I'm trying to compete to the best of my ability, and you know, show what I can do and let the chips fall where they may. You know, I, um, I'm I'm not really one of those forecasting. Oh, what the situation is going to be? I know. What's, what's your confidence level though? If VJ says, okay, you know what, you're starting, and and is your job to what you you started as a rookie in this league. So what's your confidence level? You can produce replacing Chandler Jones. I started my entire career in, in the league, so yeah. um, until until I got here in Arizona, so I, I'm very comfortable in the starting lineup, and you know I would I would thrive on an opportunity to to you know prove that I can still do that. Nice. All right, last question as we wrap it up here with Devon Kennard. Uh, you guys were walking off the field recently. The social media cameras at AZ Cardinals uh, posted the question, which actor would play you in a movie about your life? What was your answer, by the way? Did I see – were you one of the many guys that said Denzel Washington? What was your answer? I said Will Smith, but there was a, there was a lot of beef about that because he just recently slapped Chris Rock and all that. But yeah. I don't care. He's still one yeah. of my favorite actors. Yeah. Will, Will Smith is my guy, so I went with Will Smith. Yeah. I knew everybody else was going to say Denzel, but yeah. – Look, the hands down ringer is is your coach and Ryan Gosling. I mean, come on, with the sunglasses on, Ryan Gosling and Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, that's hands oh, down the winner. That, oh, absolutely. That's that has to be the go to. All right, Devon, we appreciate it, and uh, Wolf better be really nervous, okay? When you're done playing and you come gunning for his gig as Cardinals analyst after the broadcast boot camp and your performance here tonight, we appreciate it. Hey, man, I can't wait to join you guys. <laughs> there you go, Devon Kennard, as we continue with the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Pool in Gilbert. Second and 11 under center as Prescott, he takes, drops back to throw in trouble, steps up, and he gets away from a Cardinal, runs forward, fumble the ball at the 40, and the Cardinals jump on it at the 44-yard line. Dak coughed it up, and it's recovered by Arizona. Dennis Gardeck has the ball. Isaiah Simmons popped it out, recovered by Gardeck. A huge play by Isaiah Simmons, who came on the blitz. And then missed the tackle attempt, but continued to follow Dak Prescott downfield and punch the pig out. What a play by number nine. Playmakers got to make plays. Uh, Isaiah Simmons definitely checks that box, even though he got behind on that play. He still made the play, and we'll talk about that and more. It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Our special guest, Devon Kennard, might be your starting edge. Opposite Marcus Golden, we'll see. Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, and uh, I really should have stated at the end that Devon Kennard uh, is coming for my gig. Forget about you. He's coming for my gig. Yeah, I noticed that, Paulie. That was really nice. Ha, 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 Paul. Uh, By the way, uh, what do you make of the fact that he said, I've started my entire career, except when I got to Arizona. He started as a rookie. You know, he's going into age 31. His season, you know, is going to be his ninth season in the league. I mean, how equipped is he? to potentially be a starter on the edge opposite yeah. Marcus Golden. Well, you know, in this defense, I think he does have the possibility of emerging as an option coming off the edge, Paul. And the reason why I say that is because this is not going to be a skill-dominated pass rush by the Arizona Cardinals. This is going to be a scheme 
dominated pass rush by the Arizona Cardinals. And when I say that, when you say scheme, you're talking about there's going to be five guys, maybe six, maybe even more, but there's going to be five guys on most third and obvious pass plays that are going to be involved in rushing the passer. You're just not going to know which five are coming, Paul. That's the whole thing. You don't know. Devon Kennard has the ability to to be a player that I think would actually excel in scheme sacks very much like Dennis Gardak was. You know, he was a starter in 2018, 2019, most recently for the Lions. He had seven sacks in each season, nine tackles for loss in each season. And in one year, he had 14 quarterback hits. The other year, he had 15 quarterback hits. And I'm guessing the Lions didn't have a lot of leads, and they weren't pinning their ears back and able to go after the quarterback with abandon. So those at least are the numbers. But to your point, he also mentioned that, yes, it is a scheme where Vance Joseph can bring pressure from virtually anywhere. He mentioned how Isaiah Simmons, maybe from the safety spot, dot, dot, dot. We'll see about that. And then you're going to see Zayvon Collins, a middle linebacker. Obviously, he spoke a little bit about that. But so did Vance Joseph, the defensive coordinator this week. And here's what he said about those two young inside backers. It's their time. You know, Isaiah's going into his third year. Zayvon's going into his second year. They're first-round picks. They have to help us, you know, and – um it's heading that way. You know, I've been proud of Zave and how much time he's put in. Isaiah's always been a good worker. You know, it's, it's the next step for him. Obviously, watching him last year, he made plays. You know, but now he has to make consistent plays and not give up plays. You know, that's, that's his next challenge. And for Zayvon to stand healthy and, and keep learning. But both guys are physically gifted. You know, so we have to get those guys ready to play because we need them. Boy, Paulie, that is amazing right there, listening to Vance Joseph. And the reason why I say that, Paul, is because it's still the mental game, is it not, Paulie? Yep. It's still about these two young bucks developing mentally. It's interesting because I talked to Nick Vigil today. Of course, the inside linebacker, the Arizona Cardinals signed in free agency. They brought him in to basically replace Jordan Hicks. Nick Nick Vigil was telling me this defense, Paulie, is more difficult than most. Wow. But he thought that was a good thing. It's more difficult and more complex, more involved than most. But he thought that was a good thing right there. And that's why it's so important. When we talk about the development of Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons, man, you're talking about the development between the years. And you're talking about a linebacker who just played for Mike Zimmer. Yes. R- right? Yes. Think, think about that. So, and, and Wolf, we know this from Hassan Reddick. The failed experiment that was inside backer. Now, look, he was making a transition from edge to inside backer, but for all the athleticism that Hassan Reddick had, yeah. if you're a half step slow in reacting or you take a half step the wrong way, a false step, yes, you're done. Yep. And so that is going to be the big key for Zayvon Collins, not to mention he's going to be responsible not just for calling the defense and communicating, but all the checks you make in response to what the offense is getting into. I remember vividly last year Vance Joseph talking about how there were times where there would be three different checks from the time that the Cardinals defense would break the huddle, right? Yes, Paulie, and it's one of the reasons why I know you remember our conversations about this. One of the reasons why I really wasn't looking at Zayvon Collins as a guy that was going to go out and become Rookie of the Year because he was in a maybe the toughest position you could possibly be. Mike Linebacker, the green dot. Hey, come on in from college, and suddenly you're going to be able to master the NFL game, make all the checks and all the calls, of course, and the checks to the checks. Paul. 
It is a monumental, um, a monumental hill for a young rookie to climb. But, Paul, I want to say this quickly. I do believe the efficiency of the Arizona Cardinals' defense, just how good the defense is going to be, hinges on the development of Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins. Those Agreed. two guys, Paul. Yep, absolutely. It is a big preseason. Normally, you completely dismiss the preseason, and I know teams are going to be running vanilla schemes. Yes. I get it in August, but but he's got to at least gain some confidence in August and then go from there. Paul, Here's boomer bust. Yeah. Good or bad, great or terrible, they're going to be the football fulcrum of that defense in 2022. Yeah. He's going to learn, especially Zayvon Collins, he's going to learn on the job in September and October. There's no doubt about it, and we'll see. Because as Vanchos have also told the media, look, I can make the defense simplified, and I have, but it can't be so simple that it's not challenging an NFL offense. Yep. So it's got to be that mix. Hey, Cardinals season tickets available now at azcardinals.com slash season. For all the information, that's azcardinals.com slash season. All right, you know what? There's some good news that we're going to get to. And then Rondale Moore. Will we see more from the young receiver? That's next on the Big Red Rage. Back to throw Murray in trouble. Spins out of there to his left, being chased by two Vikings. And launches it deep, wide open, near side of the 40s. Rondale Moore caught at the 30, at the 20, at the 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The next step for him is uh, targeting more downfield, adding to his route tree. You know, it's coming in as a rookie. You know, you got D-Hob, you got Christian Kirk, you got A.J. Green. So he's kind of lost in that, you know what I'm saying, by being a rookie and everything like that. But um, that's one of the things that me and Rondell have discussed about growing his routes. We've been able to put him outside a little bit more where he can run some of those routes on the outside. So his, his, his route tree will grow leaps and bounds. All right, show of hands. Who looks forward to seeing that route tree on display? Me. Bye. Rondell Moore. That was Sean Jefferson early in the offseason, in fact, right after Super Bowl 56, where his son Van Jefferson got a ring. And then we started talking about his receiver room and just asking about Rondell Moore coming off his rookie season. And there's the Cardinals receivers coach, Wolf, talking about how they can better utilize and get more out of Rondell Moore. And, and you know what? You talk about, like, for example, what did the Cardinals lose in a weapon on offense in a Chase Edmonds? And, and the first thing I think of is that Chase Edmonds would always make the first guy miss. And, and, I, and that's a Rondell Moore. If you can just get that ball to him in space and hopefully get it to him downfield, you realize how lethal he can be just yards after catch. Yeah, Paulie, they really used him an awful lot in a horizontal fashion last year. And um, this was something that I was really interested in seeing Rondell Moore develop his vertical game and his yep. vertical routes. And, Paulie, the coaching staff, they're all over that. I, I, they, they know exactly what it is that Rondell Moore needs to do to take that next step as a receiver. And those are vertical routes. And I think this offseason is really going to help him. And that's what Coach Jefferson was talking about. Yeah, and then Coach Kingsbury this week was asked a similar question because he met the media, Rondell Moore met the media, and here's what Cliff Kingsbury, the play caller, had to say. We utilize him in different ways than we will this year. You know, we kind of got it to him in space and did some things and used him on some checkdowns. Um, but he, he's a dynamic route runner, and I think that's what people are going to see. He's, he's really good getting out of his cuts, uh, good at the top of routes, and, and so I think people are going to see a different side of him. 
And I think you'll see a different Rondell Moore in another way as well. He shared with the media that he's done a lot of Pilates, that he realized his rookie. <laughs> oh, no, Paul. No. You didn't say he's leg all over the ball, did you, Paul? I- I'm just saying, look, he realized, okay, he's a very serious guy. You know, you've yes, talked to him. Yes, he is. And, and he takes his craft seriously. And he said his big takeaway from his rookie year was, you know what's most valuable more than anything is just availability. And obviously he missed a number of games because of injury. So he's been doing anything and everything he can to increase his flexibility and just get in shape so he can handle the rigors of an NFL season. Yeah, you know what? I'll buy that from a wide receiver, Paul. But don't tell me if you're an offensive lineman, you're laying all over the ball. All right, though? Please don't tell me that, Paulie. Let me just say this quickly. By the way, don't make me get Lorenzo Alexander Uh, (laughs) in here because he used to own a Pilates studio and he swears by it in his 15-year career. So just stop it. Paulie, but here's the thing right now that I really get jacked up on. Think about this 11 personnel. One back, one tight end, and three wide receivers. Don't worry about who the back is, Paul. Don't worry about who the tight end is going to be. In this 11 personnel set that I'm talking about, think of DeAndre Hopkins, Marquise Brown, and Rondell Moore. Mm. Who are teams not going to pay an awful lot of attention to (laughs) in that Probably yes. Rondell Moore. Paul, yep. he has, this could be an opportunity for Rondell Moore to have a Steve Breston-like breakout season. And, and of course, you're referring to when the Cardinals had 3,000-yard receivers and a Larry Fitzgerald and Anquan Bolden and a young Steve Breston. You're right. And then oh, throw the, Paulie. Okay, well, you know, it's funny because Cliff Kingsbury, you know, his sense of humor, you know it well, Wolf, from doing the coaches' show. He, he deadpanned to the media. He said, you know what, when DeAndre Hopkins gets back in week seven, I've been telling my assistants to have my back when all these weapons are cussing me out because they're not getting enough targets between <laughs> D-Hop and, and Rondale and Hollywood and, and Zach Ertz and A.J. Green and James Conner right etc so uh but Rondell Moore was asked okay you know what 2022 and maybe hopefully I didn't give away the answer here but he was asked what has he been preparing for in particular really just been working on myself getting better route running playbook uh learning more about my teammates I'm not here to replace anyone be like anybody just be myself you know and just go out there and play as hard as I can and continue to uh, build relationships and look, when you hear Sean Jefferson, and, and he said it, and you heard a little bit of it there, but he doubled down later in that interview. He said, no, Rondale Moore is more than capable of being a downfield playmaker, yes. a downfield receiver. Do you believe that, Wolf, or yes. do you think he still has to prove that? Hey, listen, he's got to no, he's got to prove it, Paul. There's no denying that. He's got to prove it. But I believe this guy, once he gets the coaching that he needs, especially from Jeff, Sean Jefferson, a guy that uh, that's what he did in the NFL. This guy is an excellent coach. It's one of the reasons why he got promoted. Sean Jefferson is going to be pouring into Rondale Moore. Rondale Moore has the ability, Paul, to run deep routes like anybody else. Hey, look at Marquise Brown isn't big. Hollywood's not some giant receiver running down the field. He's not yet. He can run deep routes as well as anybody in the league. Rondale Moore, man, has an awesome opportunity in front of him to really, really grow this season. I can't wait to see how he responds. It was also interesting to hear Cliff Kingsbury tell the media that Hollywood Brown in particular brings that burner speed to the outside that can really open some things up. Oh, yeah. And and, and look, for everything that Christian Kirk was, he was fast. He wasn't a sub-4-3 guy like a Hollywood Brown, but he also was much better in the slot than outside, correct? Yes, Paulie, he was. And again, I'm not – Christian Kirk, 
so happy for him, man. The, the contract that he got and the fact that he's going to get the opportunity to be the guy. Uh, I respect him greatly, both as a man and as a player on the field. But Hollywood Brown's running a serious sub. Maybe a sub four four, and when I say seriously, maybe it's more like four three one four two nine somewhere in there, Paul. That's what he's running. He runs as fast as he needs to run to get the ball, and now you're gonna you're gonna match that up with one of the best deep ball throwers, according to a, a number of metrics. One of the best deep ball throwers in the league in Kyler Murray. By the way, you, you spoke today, you interviewed Nick Vigil. Uh, I heard some of your Mike Bercovici interview, the recently promoted yes. Cardinals offensive assistant, former ASU quarterback, and it was interesting. It was, you know, he kept it pretty close to the vest, right? But he did at one point say that running the ball is the key to winning, which just sort of reinforces maybe the takeaway this offseason and what's coming, <laughs> at least the first six games. Yes, Paulie, yes. I, you didn't think my ears perked up on yes, that one? Yeah, they did, kind of. All right. By the way, as we uh, wrap up this edition of uh, Big Red Rage, a reminder, single-game tickets available now, azcardinals.com slash tickets to secure your seats today. How about a retirement shout-out times two? How about Frank Gore, who played the most games among all running backs in NFL history, Wolf? He's called it a career after 241 games, Frank Gore in the NFL. Think about that. Paul, right now for two seconds, I want you to square your jaw, throw your shoulders back, and stand at the ready for Frank Gore. Ready? One, two. Thank you. And you know what? Multiply that by two, because how about Ryan Fitzpatrick? Fitzmagic, the guy from Gilbert, Gilbert Highland High School, who once upon a time was a young Cardinals fan cheering on the Cardiac Cards in 1998, and his favorite player was QB Jake Plummer, a guy who started games for nine different NFL teams, made over $80 million in his career. (laughs) He went 17. Love it, Ryan. Wolf, here you go. He went 17 seasons and never played in a postseason game. So there you go. At age 39, Ryan Fitzpatrick calls it a career. The former seventh-round pick out of Harvard. What a well, well-played, well-done career. Way to go, Ryan. And a magnificent beard as well. So congrats to both those guys. Special thanks, Jim Omohundro, Cody Fincher, Devon Kennard. And this has been the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Where's DK? You've been listening to The Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.